Hi guys, this is Shauna Lay from Selling the City the Hawaiian Way. I hope you guys had an amazing 4th of July. Um, and while I'm still here in beautiful Hawaii, I am also still working. Um, because with real estate, work never stops and we're constantly, you know, we have a million things to do. But in today's episode, I am going to talk about the importance of having a buyer's broker. Now, I know a lot of people in New York City are very savvy. And no matter how savvy you are, I think that the most important thing is that, number one, If the seller pays for the buyer broker's fee, the 3%, right? If the seller pays for it and it is free for you, essentially, then why not have representation that is going to advise you correctly on how the pricing and how the negotiation is going to work, that's going to be able to advise you on what it is that you should do, what you shouldn't do, how to put together this board package instead of you having to put together this board package I mean it is clearly only in your best interest now because we are all individual contractors everybody and every broker is going to be different you know there is no set standard and procedure on how one needs to conduct their business nor is there a standard on how many years of experience and how many board packages and how much knowledge that someone has and because the barrier of entry is relatively low and then someone can be up and running and just start their real estate career you know I highly recommend that you interview several agents at minimum three um, to be your buyer's broker and to represent you depending on all the things that you find important in the qualities of a bu- of a buyer's broker between the level of expertise between the amount of deals that they've done between their ability to negotiate um, and really knowing the pulse of the market to help to properly be able to advise you because essentially that is the purpose of their job you know um I think that one of the most, one of the most, um, what am I trying to say here? One of the most important things about what it is that I do is making sure that you fully complete this transaction. It's making sure that I, you know, cover up any type of speed bumps that I possibly can in order to make sure that this transaction is smooth from start to finish. And should any problems arise, that I'm going to do the very best that I can to eliminate those problems. Um, And I remember earlier on in my career, I was interviewed by several people. I mean, and still to this day, I'm also interviewed. and, and And I always strongly advocate for that as well because it is like a relationship. It is a relationship for the next, you know, six months to a year, depending on how far out you're looking and depending on when exactly you're going to plan to close this transaction, um, should you find that right fit for you. And so I'm always being, I'm always being interviewed and I always encourage interviewing other brokers to see who is going to be the right fit for you because you will be working with them, you will be talking to them and communicating with them on an ongoing daily basis until you get to the closing table and even post-closing, 
you know, hopefully your broker will follow up with you and maintain that relationship. But it's really, really, really important for you to have a buyer's broker because of the fact that, you know, unless you've traded more than 10 to 15 properties and you're a very savvy investor, I would say that your your best interest is not going to be in the hands of the seller's broker because even though we're able to duly represent two people technically the fiduciary duty is going to be to the seller because just by just by mere logic of something you cannot have pure fiduciary duty to both people with opposing um, goals and a seller's goal is to make sure that they get the highest amount of money and the buyer's goal is to make sure they pay the lowest amount of money to make sure that they save money so to try and negotiate with both people on both behalves it, it makes it really tricky because essentially you are if you are a listing broker, you you are working for the best interest of the seller. Um, so when you have a buyer's broker, you get someone that is 100% dedicated to you, that is looking out for your best interest, that really wants you to get the best possible deal. I don't care if it's 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 45,000, 50,000, any amount of money that they're able to strongly advocate for you saving, that is that is their main job as well as putting together the board package as well as making sure that you got a really good deal. Um, but that's that's really essentially the job of a buyer's broker. And one more time, because it is free. It is free for you. That's a seller's fee. So when you sell, that is something that you're going to be paying for. And a lot of people think, well, I'll be able to get a better deal. No, not necessarily. Because depending on how strong your negotiations are, and say, for instance, if you do want to take off a point, you know, there's a possibility that if you had a buyer's broker, could you have gotten more than a point off? You know, how much of a negotiation could you have gotten? Um, And then you're also competing, like say for instance, um, you're purchasing a co-op, which is 75% of the market, right? They're not just looking at, at you and your offer. They're looking at you and your entire financial spectrum and you financially as a candidate. And now you are competing against other buyers. You're competing against them as your financial spectrum so your financial identity and how strong that is against other people and the and the bid that they put in as well because essentially even though you may have a very strong financial background but the lo- the bid came in a little low and your final your final standpoint is also still a little low and there's somebody else that also has a very strong financial identity, that their bid is a little bit higher, you know, the broker is going to go with the person that is the highest price and the strongest financial candidate for their seller because we do not have control over 
what the board decides, the co-op board, whether they give the approval or the, the or the denial. So because we don't have control over that, what we do have control over is making sure that we pick the best candidate that is going to be approved in addition to the highest price point. So those are two other factors that come into play. And we also have a really strong team that surrounds us you know, the mortgage brokers that we work with, the attorneys that we work with, um, and, and then that transparency of being able to talk to the seller's broker to decide, well, to get a feel, a better feel on how this transaction is either going to transpire or if we're going to be able to, you know, seal a deal here. Um, but it's always best to have a representative negotiating and advocating on your behalf so that you can secure the best possible place. I mean, you know, we always say that when you find the apartment, that's so great. I am extremely happy. But that is the very, very, very beginning of everything that we need to get into, especially when it comes um, to board packages, because board packages get very granular. I mean, I literally just seen an Instagram post on um, another realtor who had a board package that I kid you not, it looked like it was at least about eight or nine inches high. And um, yeah, that was a very intense board package. So depending on how you have your financials divided or spread out um, your financial portfolio, where your investments are, how your tax return looks. Um, you know, normally you have to have two years tax returns. You need to have reference letters, personal reference letters, you know, and, and of course, all of that varies. You need to, you need to have um, your previous bank statements last two or three months. Um, I mean, and literally the list just goes on and on. So it's a lot of it's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot of balancing the numbers to make sure that every single number adds up. And although the seller's broker may do that for you, um, you know, this is something that the buyer's broker does on your behalf. And then we take that package and we normally go through it with the seller's broker prior to turning it into the board. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why you really should have a buyer's broker and you know it's only in your best benefit to have one and you know I definitely recommend getting someone that is experienced because that's where you really gain a lot of value because the more transactions someone is behind the more experience they have the more the higher the probability of them being able to help you should a problem arise and when a problem arises and or the deal is stalled they know how to push and make sure that the deal goes through to make sure that we get as much as we can to the closing table um, but yet of course because we have no control over the co-op board and their decision, you know, there's also always a slight risk that you do take that your board package won't be approved. Um, and I previously discussed that in the other article I wrote on, you know, why there may be board turndowns. Um, and because it's a corporation and they run it like a corporation and you get, you know, shares 
um, it's essentially you don't have, you aren't given any reason as to why you may be declined. Um, and there could, it could be a variation of different reasons. Um, but unfortunately, because they're a corporation, they're not going to disclose that to you. They're just going to thank you very much for your board application. And unfortunately, it was not approved at this time. Um, and then you just set yourself back like three months. Um, but it does happen every now and then. Um, so you definitely should never, ever take that personally. But you want to go ahead and minimize that risk as much as possible by hiring a really good broker, an experienced broker, somebody who knows what's going on in the market. They don't necessarily need to be an expert in that particular neighborhood or in that particular building, but they do need to be an expert and know what's going on generally in the market. They do need to know what are the necessities of that particular building and the board package, which they would get all the information from the seller's broker. And they do need to be somebody who is a little aggressive and being able to push on your behalf because it is a very aggressive type of um, business and sometimes some people can be a little bit unresponsive and so you know you really need somebody who is extremely persistent in order to push and make sure that you get number one the best deal and that you you make sure that you get um, everything it is that that you want and really negotiate strongly on your behalf so anyways guys it is super important to have a buyer's broker you know interview at least three people if every single weekend that you go out to an open house you're going to meet a new broker they're going to ask you oh i can they're going to tell you oh i can send you more listings okay that's great um anybody can send anybody listings but what is the value beyond that and value beyond that is going to be knowledge expertise um experience in the industry knowing how to push a deal um you know because essentially finding the apartment is the first step that's just the first step of everything um, but making sure the deal doesn't fall through and making sure that you actually get the apartment that you want that is what is extremely important you want you want to have a strong advocate on your behalf so anyways guys if you are in the market and you don't have a broker yet I hope that you listen to this podcast and I hope that you really took away something valuable from it and you really see the value in having a buyer's broker and not trying to do everything on your own. Now, if you're buying a condo, um, you don't really need to worry about the board packages so much. But what you do need to consider is having someone negotiate on your behalf, because unless you're an expert negotiator and you negotiate for a living, I would definitely recommend having someone else negotiate for you Um, because it is it's much easier to have somebody, you know, argue with not argue, but somebody negotiate on your behalf because it takes away the personal the personal feeling and factor of it. You know, Um, it's not like. It's not like you're directly telling this broker that I don't want to pay X amount. It's you're telling your broker in which your broker talks to that broker. And then whatever nonsense that this person has to say about X, Y, and Z, you can let your broker deal with all of that. And they can just come back and tell you what the bulk of the information was. 
um, and they also know the market better, so they have a, a better fear, a better feel on you know what something is trading for in this building, or they can you know properly communicate to that other broker like, hey, if your seller is a little bit unrealistic and they're not really looking to sell, and this is gonna sit on the market for another 30 to 45 days, or you can tell them that we can close this deal right now but they got to come down in price because my buyer is already giving a little bit and they're they have other options that they're going to look at and so what that does is it it creates a more um a more transparent type of conversation between broker to broker than broker to buyer um because they know that essentially if we've been in the business for a while that we do know what we're talking about and it's a little easier to close a deal that way so definitely want to go ahead and consider those things if you are in the market right now or if you are thinking about getting into the market um and so anyways that's exactly what this podcast was about i hope you guys gained some value um from it and until next time thank you so much for listening i appreciate it so very much. Um, until next time, guys, mahalo.